All right, folks, welcome back. Very excited to be joined here in studio with my yeah. my main man, yeah. Andrew Halcrow, with all due respect, podcast, all, all around kind of troublemaker. How you doing? Merry Christmas, my friend. Cheers. You, you made something here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be careful. I don't want to spill this, yeah, but you made this concoction here. Let me do that. Yes. What is that there? Boom. It's called a Christmas cocktail. You got a little cranberry juice, a little vodka, a little Contro. It's very Maple good. Syrup, and you were you were. I mean, you were shaking the. Yeah, yeah. you got to work it, baby. The See, I, I'm the guest here, but yet I have to contribute, right? I mean, you're the host, but I'm the guest. I have to contribute. Well, I'm really, I'm really. So glad alcohol I'm, is my contribution. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought it by. I want to, I want to thank uh, Scott Jensen. He's back here doing the program for us. And, yeah. Um, before we start, I want to just tell folks who are watching. This is our new studio. You've probably seen me doing the live streams and some of the podcasts from here, but this is it, and you can kind of get a better idea of how it looks. And we're, we're totally available um, for rent, for businesses, organizations, campaigns, for video, audio. So if you're watching and, you know, you need to rent a studio or you need to do something with video or audio, we can um, provide it for you to use for yourself or we can provide all the equipment as well. So I want to just be clear this is available and we're, what do you think, Andrew? Your first time in here, right? And I'll second, I'll second the motion. This is just a fabulous space. I mean, it's really well laid out, well designed. You've done a really, really good job here. You can pull those little, I noticed that's kind of go. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate that. We, uh, we've been working really hard here. Yeah. And also, if you can see in the back there, we still have cardboard Dave um, Bronson from the, he's back there and Paxson's here as well. Um, he's just kind of sitting down, having a, having a, a drink there. Are you, he's more than just a handsome wallflower, ladies and gentlemen. How's that Paxson? How's that GCI cup? That lovely looking really, really good. I want to thank GCI too. One of our, our sponsors for making live streams like this possible. So great. Yeah. Don't get me started on GCI. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't. Whoa. <laughs> Please don't. Okay. Please don't. <laughs> on the phone at nine thirty last night for an hour. Oh, for God's sakes. Well, well okay. uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Let's Big fans do it. of GCI. <laughs> love that internet. I love Ron Duncan. I love Ron Duncan, but their technical support sucks. It's, it's, oh man. <laughs> okay. I do. It's, I love Ron Duncan. We got the we got the gigabit here. It's so fast. It's yeah. so I, I get scared. It's so fast. Right it's a gigabit. I well, mean, yeah, you, I mean, you're a loose unit. You, you, I mean, you, you need that speed. You got to keep up that speed, right? That speedo speed. That's right. Yeah. I just was in Hawaii and I was sporting that speedo recently. Were you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, with your Alaskan tan, I, I would imagine that your reception on the beach there in Waikiki the, was. There was um, some different reactions. Yeah. Mostly positive, um, some confused. Because, you know, Americans don't wear. If you go to Europe or if, if you go to any right. kind of beach in Central South America, I mean, Right. Caribbean, it's normal. Yeah. Do you, would you do a Speedo? Absolutely not. You would never do one. Absolutely What would it take for me and you to do like a Speedo pick for charity or something, right. like a calendar type? I don't know. It would take a lot of Christmas cocktails, my friend. Well, we have one. one. I have more at the house, and I can go come back. Okay, so what I want to talk about is uh, you started your With All Due Respect podcast this year, and you've been covering yeah. Last the, April. The, the governor, the state politics, the local politics. And for folks who don't know, you were a legislator, two-term legislator back in the early, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, 98 and, to 2002. And you had the Andrew Halcrow website that you did the Trooper Gate. So you've been kind of yeah. 
involved in the past doing media right. stuff. And so, so basically, um, you know, when I, I ran for governor and lost, and then I started a blog, and, you know, basically just like you, you know, I mean, you, you put out interesting stories, and a lot of times, you, you know, you can, you can put out stories just like you did with AWWU, and although the press wouldn't initially look at it, what they can do is they can take your work and then decide, you know, okay, you know, clearly if this happened, then this is going to be there, and I can FOIA that. But, you know, I think a lot of times what you provide, the, the you know, the, the investigative reporting that you and Paxton provide, it, it provides a, it provides a roadmap, right? I mean, it really provides a roadmap. And so, you know, when you look at something like the AWWU uh, reporting, and, and I had, you know, a reporter call me and I said, look, you know, this is a facility with probably a tremendous amount of closed security cameras, and not to mention it's a public water supply, so everything has to be meticulously documented. So, you know, there's where you start with your FOIA, right, if there was something wrong. But, you know, I, I think it, um, it, what we do, and again, you know, I remember when I broke Trooper Gate, it was like I broke it at, you know, posted it at 2 in the morning, and by I got to the office at 8 a.m., I had like 12 calls from reporters around the world, not around the world, around the country, um, you know, people wanting to know, and, you know, you just, you have to have a plan, but what we did, you know, clearly what, what I did, you know, kind of pushing that out there with Troop Brigade, um, it, you know, created really a national story. But that wouldn't have existed without a blog. And, and your story on AWWU wouldn't have existed without your blog. Well, and that's what, you know, we started the landmine back in um, Paxson, me, Allison, and Kale back in two, 2017. And the, the point was, because I had run for office before and I had been involved in politics and I had just because of all, all that involvement, I had been aware of a lot of stuff happening that was never reported. Yeah. And then Amanda Coyne, she left. She went to Senator Sullivan's office, and she had a great website, amandacoyne.com. Yeah. And the dispatch went away, which I think was probably the biggest mistake ever. I mean, dispatch not staying independent. But I, um, I started this thing, and, and the whole point from the beginning was try to get the stories and cover the things that the, reg- the regular traditional media wasn't getting at. Right. And we've, I mean, we've, there's countless stories we've done that with. I and mean, one of the maybe first ones, I think, was uh, the Palin Stalker guy who got hired to work in the legislature, which was wild, you know, and that one blew up. And then, um, you know, the Clark Penny uh, sole source contract, the woman in Bethel who was trying to be deported. Um, There's so many examples. And then there's lately this AWU thing. And I think there's a lot of reporters who just, I don't understand if they don't have the relationships or if they're nervous to, in Juno sometimes I'll I'll be kind of uh, scolded or castigated by some of the other reporters because I go out with these people and I get drunk with them and I go to the bars and you know, I tell them that's where you get the best stories. Yeah, well, and that's the, when they talk, and that's the difference between you know being a blogger and, and being a reporter for the Daily News or the Associated Press. I mean, you know, again, the work that you do and the reporting that you do provides a roadmap. So, well, in those situations where it's serious enough or warrants a second look, you've provided them with where to look. And you know, the term, I think it started off definitely. I'd say it was a, a, just me kind of writing a Sunday thing. We've grown and. You know, I, I now refer to us, you know, we're a local news site. That's what the New York Times referred to us lately because we have me and Paxson. We, we vet stuff. Right. Once in a while we do anonymous. The AWU thing initially was anonymous. It was so fucking crazy that even the kind of hard left Bronson wait, wait, haters, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can we casually swear on your podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh. Whatever you want, man. This is not FCC <laughs> okay. monitored. Okay. This is not the radio. This is not <laughs> okay. KTVA. Okay. Because I've had to clean up my language because, you know, my mother... Um, you know, she bless her at 90. No, she's not. She might not watch it now, but I know she listens to my podcast. So I've really been trying to curtail my casual swearing because there was one time in the legislature where I'll never forget this. Bill Allen Avico was trying to ram through this bill in 2002 to give, you know, all these tax credits. And, um, it was just, it was, 
it was really bad. And um, so the the press was following it every day, right? And, and the Daily News at that time had a, had a reporter by the name of Ben Spees. And so we had this huge knockdown, dragout caucus. I was one of the first people out of the caucus room. The reporters were all huddled outside the speaker's office. And uh, Ben said to me, he said, well, what happened? And I said, we said, we, I said, those of us, there was like, 10 of us, I think, including like Lisa Murkowski and Jim Whitaker that said, absolutely hell no. And so when we walked, I walked out of caucus and Ben Spee said, what did you say? And I said, you know, the group of us said not no, but hell no. Well, that quote was on the front page of the paper the next morning. And the first call I got was from my mom. Just hell no, that was it? Yeah, just, we said not no, but hell no. And my mom called me like one of the first calls I got was from my mom. And she said, um, could could we not have any swearing anymore in the newspaper? And well, I said, sure, Mom. Your, your mom sounds my mom, And my mom said, Andrew, let me tell you something. Every morning when I go to pick up the paper off the front porch, I say a prayer before I pick up the paper because I know your name is going to be in there somewhere. And I just, you know. Hell you no, say, that, was just, like, that was all it took. Yes. She's uh, she's not a fan of casual swearing. She's in Alaska or she's? Yeah, no, yeah, she's here. 90. Yeah, 90, yeah. So there's a picture Fabulous. you posted before of you. It's probably in the 70s, maybe you're like oh, 18 yeah. with yeah. your shorts on. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. yeah. Scott pick. McMurrin. Is that Scott, Scott McMurrin? McMurrin? So I was just with, I got to yeah. say, Alaska Airlines, I want a big shout out. They gave me the sweater. I was over there earlier at the 737 Mac, the new Max 9, brand new. I saw that. It smells like a new car. <laughs> and uh, we took some pictures and McMurrin was there. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, which he's that. he's a big big fan of McMurrin. He's great. Love Scott. I mean, I've known Scott for, God, since the early 80s when he, uh, when he was at uh, Easy Travel and... Um, God, we have so many stories. Anyways, we, we were in Hawaii. He was there doing a promo for a local radio station um, on Hawaii, and um, we got together for drinks. And that picture was like nineteen January nineteen ninety one, I think. It just he's, he's like, a he's definitely a loose unit. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, oh, yeah and you know he's always been Scott, and that's what's so cool about him. He's never changed. He's just and he's such a an amazing encyclopedia of travel knowledge. I always tell him, and I tell I mean, I've said this publicly a lot that I never believe some of the deals he, he posts until I have to go check because they're so crazy, but they're always, they're always, they always check out. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about, you started the the podcast. Yeah. Um, and you've been covering the kind of legislative stuff and the governor and now, yeah. now the mayor. Yeah. Uh, why did you decide to start doing doing a podcast? How'd you how'd you get into that? Well, when I left ACDA about two or three weeks after I left ACDA, that's I a community development yeah, authority. Community development, and after I left there, um, I you know was basically just hunkered down at home and got a call from the Anchorage Daily News, and they said, "Hey, you know, we'd like we want to start a digital platform, and we'd like you to do a podcast." And the first thing I said was, "No, I'm not interested." Um, and then after I thought about it, I thought, "Okay, you know, this could be kind of cool." And um, so we ended up doing it. Of course, you know, we started. We were twice a week. You know, the idea was to keep it under 15 minutes. And then, you know, as we got into it, we thought, okay, there's definitely a market for this because we saw our downloads growing in, in van. And I said, well, let's just, let's make this something really cool, really special. So I think in July, we announced that we were going to go to video. It's taken a lot longer than we thought just simply because of the work. And it's um, not easy. I mean, well, I've, and, I've been learning and we, myself. How and hard. we both have full-time jobs. I mean, but, but when you see it, when it launches, hopefully in the next month, when you see it, it's going to be, you, you're going to realize why it's taken us so long. I mean, we're talking green screens and that kind of stuff. So it's, um, it's really going to be something we're going to put time and, and energy into. And we think it's going to really grow over the next 12 months with campaign season coming. I mean, we want to have a platform where we can talk politics and all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's, I've been talking about this a lot next year. It's going to be crazy. 59 legislative races. Yeah. That, that could maybe change with some of these lawsuits on redistricting. Yeah. Uh, the, the Lisa Murkowski race, big one. Don Young race is going to be a big one. The governor's race is going to be a big one. 
Yeah. It's going to be so much happening here. There is. I mean, uh, you know, and, and of course, you, know, you look at some of the polling, early polling, and, you know, 12 months out, polling doesn't mean anything. Um, I mean, the first poll, I think Sarah Palin ran for governor. I think the first poll came out, she was polling at like eight or nine percent. I mean, her name, her, her name ID was fairly low. Um, but, um, she, you know, um, you know, just so a year makes, you know, a year makes a tremendous difference. I think that, um, you're going to have more candidates. I mean, I, I like Bill Walker. I mean, I, you know, if it was Bill Walker and Mike Dunleavy, I'd vote for Bill Walker. There's no question about it. Um, I would like, however, I'd like to see, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I'd like to see somebody younger. Um, I'd like to see somebody more, um, aggressive. Um, I'd like to see, you know, I'll just say it. I'd like to see not to, Natasha Von Imhoff jump in and run for governor. I mean, oh God. I think she's the perfect candidate, man. She's smart no, on the economy. No, she's Absolutely. The worst no, I, no, I disagree, she's, man. She's you, you, candidate wise, horrible. <laughs> I mean, maybe she'd be effective. Maybe not even, even then she's so bad to people and mean to people. And I, I she, think, she, I, I think Natasha is, I think, I think she is, um, I, I think she's misunderstood. As you know, her, her I, and I have a I, no, history. I know. And look, I mean, you know, I've been there four years ago or five years ago when you ran, you, 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 know, you, you endorsed I, me. I, yeah. I endorsed you. Yeah. We were friends. You'd help me. Um, but I have to tell you, she's, I think she's been just a damn good, um, state Senator, especially the last couple of years, basically being, you know, that firewall, uh, in it, look, I just, we need somebody who's focused on the economy. I mean, over the last eight years, we've lost 27,000, what was it, 27,000 people out of the workforce. I mean, we've lost population for eight years. I mean, that's when you look at the labor market. When I think you, last year, 10,000 people that, left the state. Yeah. I mean, you know, we need to be talking about that. We need to be, we need to have somebody have energy and, and have a view on the economy, how we're going to grow the economy. And I agree with all that. I just, I just don't think yeah, she's the. I'd, I'd like the to, uh, well, I mean, I'd like to see, you know, somebody like Natasha get in and, and have a young, energized. Are you um, asking me to run? Rural. I, I think, I think, I think, you know, look, I mean, I'd be, I'd be completely. No, no, he's not. He's not doing that. I'd be, I'd be, you know, I mean, look, I think, you know, uh, you know, I think Natasha getting in and, and hooking up with somebody, a young, dynamic uh, woman or man from rural Alaska, I think you'd have, you know, you'd have a, a gubernatorial candidate in, 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 you know, lieutenant governor candidate that could actually talk about an agenda. And I'm not saying I don't love Bill Walker. I love Bill Walker, but I just, look, do we want four more years of the last eight years? That's my question. What do you to think you. about how the governor, with ballot measure two, how the governor now picks his or her running mate. I think that's much better. I've, uh, I've always yeah. hated the getting married up because you remember yeah. the Parnell and Mead yeah. thing, Treadwell. They they got sideways because yeah. remember that letter that Parnell sent that they leaked and it was yeah. basically telling Mead to like yeah. stop talking about things. See, but that's one of the things I've never understood because if you get elected lieutenant governor right in primary and then you get you get married as you said you get married with somebody. I don't understand. Or forced marriage. Yeah, forced marriage. I don't understand why the lieutenant governor just doesn't go off on their own. I mean, what are they going to do, right? I mean, the governor can't fire you. I mean, Not, I, yeah, nothing. I, I would love to. I mean, you know, I mean, if Kevin Meyer's going to bail out, why doesn't he just start going crazy with stuff? You know, if well, you're and, not going to be on the ticket, what do you have to lose? The thing with Kevin is interesting because I, I've I've talked to several people. I know they're ask Dunleavy's been asking other people, some women. I know, I don't know. Yeah. I have some ideas, but I'm not sure. But I know they've been asking, and they've and he's been. Think about this: he's the first governor, sitting governor in the history of the state, to to be seeking a running mate, yeah. and and people have been saying no, which I don't blame. Bl I mean, think about that: you got to take a year off from work if 
It, it, yeah, it but, but think about if you're a female. I mean, think about if you're any female that Governor Dunleavy has to be their running mate. You're talking about running with a guy who covered up sexual harassment of, a, of an employee who sat 10 feet from his desk. I mean, it got so bad they had to, they had to make Kevin Clarkson enter through another door. I mean, and, and the governor covered it up. So if you're a woman and this guy yeah. has basically enabled a sexual predator, I mean— what woman in their right mind would look at Dunleavy and say, yeah, you're the kind of guy that I want to work with? I mean, absolutely not. And Dunleavy's going to get pummeled during the campaign. Oh, yeah. I, I think I think the bigger story that really hasn't gotten much traction that I've started reporting on back in May was John Moeller. Yeah. Who, who, yeah. who, was, who was on the campaign. He was a campaign chair. He was a tra- transition chair. He was number, number one of the first people to be hired in the administration, special advisor. He just goes without... Without you know, I heard about it because there was a fishing fisheries meeting, and he wasn't there, and his email stopped working. So I heard about it from a lobbyist who said, "Well, he's not even at the meeting, and his email stopped working," and he just left, no explanation ever. I had some information to suggest something something inappropriate happened. Yeah. Uh, much much later, many many months later, I saw um, I finally got my FOIA back that I submitted in like May. It took like five months, and he was had a meeting with Kate Sheehan, the personnel director, and then right 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 before the meeting, he resigned. So, and, and with the chief of staff. So that's another one that, you know, I think they always hide behind this personnel shit. Right. Where it's person, it's like, that's bullshit. You know, if somebody, if if an appointed official in the state of Alaska or the government local does something wrong, the public should know about what happened. Well, in in a political appointees aren't covered under employee confidentiality. I mean, that's, that was already, I mean, three days after Governor Dunleavy stood up press conferences, I can't say anything about Kevin Clarkson. The press was like, there's no reason why you can't. There's no legal reason that's keeping you from discussing why you hung on to Kevin Clarkson. Andrew, we got somebody on here, Barb, um, and Gaiac. She wants you to run for governor. No, thank you though. Okay, just, thank just, you, just, Barb. Thank I'm, you. No, I'm reporting no, the comments. No, thank as, you. No, no, so, no. so uh, and, and you know, I, I know you're not. I, I would work for the next governor. I mean, I, I, my dream job is to run Ada. I mean, I think if I could oh, run my, Ada see, for three or four years, I'm telling you what. See, if I'm ever a legislator, my state first, would blow up. If I'm ever a legislator in my, in my life, my first <laughs> bill is going to be a bill abolishing the corporation known as ADA and providing for an immediate effective date. That's my first bill. I, I tell you, it's just, it's bad management, man. I've never understood ADA. Every you, you governor know. going back as far as I can remember has used ADA for their own little slush fund. Right. Totally. They all do it. I mean, it doesn't matter. Democrat, Republican at all. ADA is not good. Well, and the reality is ADA is not good because it's not focused on the right thing. If ADA would take the $15 million that they're spending up in Anwar for a project that's not going to happen in my lifetime or your lifetime and put that $15 million into investments or capital matching grants for local private developers or private-public partnerships, do you realize what kind of economic growth you could have? I mean, you know, ADA funds projects that are already profitable. And the challenge with any kind of development well, not all, not is, always, is well, in, 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 in most of their most of their most of their projects are really like make money, right? I mean, that's that's what they do. I mean, they lend money to projects that already make money. That's our biggest concern. There's so many other areas that that Ada investing in local communities could actually help, and that's what because communities like Anchorage simply don't have the bandwidth. I mean, at ACDA, we had enough cash and could generate enough revenue. That's a parking to do, the, Yeah, the we, we yeah, and, and we we could do. We did enough revenue to fund maybe one project every three years, and that was the new housing that that is going to be constructed starting next spring. So, so uh, I I know you're not a fan of Don Levy, and I'm not in many ways either because I'd sue him over the stupid press thing. Yeah. But um, I have said this before, and he did kind of you know 
he came in, he had the earthquake, and yeah. then, you know, th- there was the fires, right. and then there was the COVID. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of things that have, I mean, he's had, he's he kind of, he's had a tough go of it. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, what would you say about I mean, all the things that he's had to deal with? <laughs> Look, I, mean, I, I, mean, I agree. Some of the things were bad, the t- Tuckerman, the budget and all that, but throughout that time, there's been many, many big um, things he's had to deal with. But, but when you're governor, you have to walk and chew gum at the same time. I mean, uh, you know, yes, pandemics and earthquakes are the extreme, but if you manage right, that's why you have direct commissioners and directors and deputy directors. Those are the people that are supposed to make stuff happen. There's no, my problem with Dunleavy is aside from the pandemic or the, the earthquake, there's no vision. There is absolutely no vision. I mean, what the guy's doing now is he's, he's taken a, a victory tour and he's, you know, talking about, um, you know, sexual assault programs and 10 million to, to tourism. I mean, he's, he's walking around like Santa Claus handing out Biden money. Well, the, Joe the, Biden the, the, money. Recent, the recent budget has about $375 million in ARPA, um, UGF, you know, general fund yeah. offset. So, yeah. so that's to me disingenuous when you say, look, we have a fully funded budget, no taxes, big dividends. When you're using a bunch of federal money, you know, yeah. it's like 10%, it's almost 10% of the budget. It's like, it's like when your grandma sends you $5 in the, in the mail and you're like, oh, I got five bucks. I could buy a house now. I got rent money for one month, right? I mean, you know, we're going to take this federal money. We're going to start all of these wonderful programs. And in two years, if the guy gets reelected, he's going to come back and cut them because we, there's no money. We definitely have to use the federal money because it's there yeah, to use. Absolutely. But, but it's a little disingenuous when you're using that as right. a one-time deal in an election year. It's an election right. year budget. I mean, it's everybody's getting, what Bert Stedman say, it's, Drunken monkeys. Drunken monkeys spending in euphoria. God, yeah. I love Bert Stedman. So you I, just, I love Sitka, and it makes sense. I would love Bert Stedman. Stedman, I mean, I've, I've been down there three years now in, in Juneau. He's just, he's one of the ones that doesn't give a fuck. Because that, he, I think he's not, probably never going to lose. And if he lost, I don't think he would care. And he that's just, what makes him so cool. He wouldn't, he wouldn't right? give a shit. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier commissioners and, and deputy commissioners. One thing yeah. I've said, Dunleavy actually has some really good commissioners. Corey Feige, Nancy Dahlstrom. Um, but the ones that always got the attention were Amanda Price and Chewbacca, Chewy. Right. The good ones, Corey Feige and Nancy Dolls, you know, ones like that, you don't hear from them very often. Right. The, the, we, who you heard from a lot publicly was Amanda Price, who's now gone, and then Ch- Chewy, yep. who, who clearly the whole time, and I reported this back in, in first at the end of 2019, she's running for something big. Right. We all knew that. Well, so. and you could tell as soon as she, ran, as soon as she, you know, moved up here. I mean, you could tell that she was, she had specifically moved up here to take on Lisa Murkowski. And, and this was part of that, you know, 2018, you know, Trump euphoria. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go up and run against Lisa Murkowski. And I mean, it's sad because you think about it and she's polling at like 38%, right? I mean, you got 38% of the locked in people that are going to vote for Dunleavy and are, are going to vote for Shabaka. And that's 38% of the voting population that doesn't give a damn that this woman is a carpetbagger, doesn't give a damn that this woman knows nothing about the job of a U.S. senator, doesn't give a damn about the fact that even some of her Facebook videos are so sophomoric, right? I mean, here you have Kelly Shabaka, candidate for the U.S. Senate, standing over a federal highway that's going to get much-needed <laughs> federal highway money, bitching about Lisa Murkowski. I mean, you know, Jesus Christ. I mean, you know. I, I, I think, you know, I think it's no, no— it's no secret if, if there was if there would have been a Republican primary, Murkowski would have yeah totally would have been in trouble. Absolutely, just how it works. And yeah. now we have this open primary and this ranked choice, and it'll be really. I think some of these local legislative races, House races, maybe even Senate races, there might only be four people. Right. Any like it doesn't matter. You're going to know who the four are. But in this race for governor, U.S. Senate race, some of these higher profile state Senate races, Don Young's race, there's probably going to be six, seven, eight, ten, twelve people. Yep. And the and then it really depends on. 
who are the top four. Right. Because that's going to totally, you know, change your, your, your strategy on, on the general. Well, and that's why, you know, that's why I really believe what a year and a half ago when Glenn Clary, who was chair of the Republican Party, testified that ranked choice voting would ruin, you know, ruin party politics. Because you you will get four Republicans, right? And and if I'm a Republican, that's well, some, not, sometimes you will. okay. So, so so say even if you get two, right? Two or three Republicans um, in a primary. The reality is, if one of those three has money, right, and not the party's party's blessing, I mean, you could actually, I mean, you're actually going to get to the dance, right? Like you said, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be, you know, the ideologues versus you know the new person. Um, I, I think ranked choice voting just really levels well, the, the playing the, field. The ones who hate it the most on the statewide level, level are the Democrats yeah. because they, they are not, they have really zero path to getting a Democrat elected statewide unless there's some kind of very huge fluke scenario where some, you know, someone right. goes to jail or gets in trouble or there's some weird thing happening. <laughs> right. right. I mean, it just doesn't cause, cause the way it works. And I think a lot of folks still don't get this. And I've been trying to educate people in the primary, whether it's four people or 20 people, you pick one person. You pick right. one person in the primary. Then the general, you have the top four, the ranked choice. Right. So in a statewide, you know, race with, with a majority, you know, there's double the Republicans in the state, and it's, it's still a red state. Trump won. Yep. Th- those independents or left-leaning people or Democrats, they're going to fall off first or second. Yep. And then their votes are going to get recycled. So it's going to be um, very, well, very difficult it, it, for well, a Democrat. And, and look, I, I, I get it. Um, but at the same time, you know, ranked choice voting promotes the more moderate candidate. I mean, ranked does, choice, yeah, yeah ranked choice voting kind of tries to squeeze out the more extreme. So, you know, you got the extremes on the right, you got the extremes on the left. Hopefully, you squeeze it to the middle, and the state starts to make some progress on some, you know, decade-old problems. So, I want to talk about um, Dave Bronson. Oh, Mayor Bronson. That's your yeah. That's your, we we have him over there in the. Yeah. If you're watching Mayor Bronson, we're just having some fun there with that was the cardboard Dave when he wouldn't come to the debate. So, um, <laughs> AT Publishing, something happened with their machine and ended up printing off. He looks like one of those engineers from. Prometheus, you know those big things, those big human-like things. So, anyways, there, there was a problem with the machine, but anyways, there he is. So he he won, and I'm gonna be totally honest. I mean, he was kind of out there on some of the stuff in the campaign, you know. He yeah. was, but he won, and it seemed honestly pretty normal. Yeah. At first, I mean, yeah. Keeping McCoy, Shroggy was you know well known. He'd be, he'd been pleased or the fired for a long time. Amy Dombowski, she's well known enough. Patrick Burke is, you know, he's not. There was really not a lot. Like, it seemed kind of like it was going to be fine. And and then it just, it's been pretty fucking crazy, especially it, lately. It has. And, and, you know, we, we meaning you and I, you know, what we write and what we talk about on our podcast, you know, we get caught up in, like, the happenings, right? The turning off the fluoride, the turning off the, the public feed. But, you know, you do, as I mentioned earlier— you do have to take really take into consideration the, really the innocent bystanders involved in in these affairs, right? So you know, we're trying to cut off the the public feed. Suddenly, you've got, including the the fire chief, you have two people of the of the fire department. Their names are plastered plastered in the paper. They had nothing to do with this. They were dragged into it by Domboski, right? Now you have Bronson at AWU. You had Crab do the right thing and say no, right? And you've got what if he would have just said yes, right? And you've got these people that are put in positions that you know these are employees that just show up every day. They they do the best they can. They work hard. They they you know they they are responsible for things. Think about the AWWU general manager. I mean, this is a guy who was just living his life. Nobody probably even knew his name until Bronson shows up and, you know, all hell breaks loose, right? And you now this guy's got to defend himself. Well, he, well, it's not, he's not though, because they're throwing him under the bus. And did, yeah. you, did you see the, like, I'm calling it the yeah. North Korean captive yeah. style statement where 
it says really nothing, but it's this long, he didn't write it for probably, almost for certainly, and it's this kind of circular, yeah. you know, logic about what happened. It doesn't really address what happened. Right. It just says nothing ever bad happened. Right. And, you know, I mean, I, I did a podcast with him uh, a couple of years ago, Mark Corsentino and Mark Spafford, who used to head the Solid Way Services, who got let go yeah. by, by the Bronson. I mean, he resigned, but I, th- I think it was basically forced to resign. These are great guys, you know. And you're right. They're they're probably not looking to be in the newspaper, right? Well, and and again, you know, you, you look at these folks, and again, it, it's not just it's not just the actions that worry me, right? It's the fact that these that both in in the case of shutting off the public feed and um, uh, shutting off the public feed and turning off the fluoride. It was a knee jerk reaction. I mean, you know, something clicked inside these people that just said, "I'm going to do this." Without any regard see, see, to I, to the law, I, I think Bron- Bronson's biggest problem is he's never been in government. Um, he wasn't military, you know, but never been elected. Ran for I think assembly ten years ago. Um, but hit him and and I think you see this manifest with how he kind of reacts to his supporters. They view him, and I think he probably views himself as kind of th- this. Um, what's the word? Benevolent kind of leader. Yeah. Who can do everything because they're the leader and they kind of fail to see. And this happens, I think with Dunleavy a bit, you see with the, just kind of ignoring the legislature or the judicial branch right. with the judges or with, you know, fuck them. We're going to do, what we're going to do. Well, it doesn't, the system doesn't work like that. Well, and it, it, the system shouldn't work like that. It, it doesn't, and it shouldn't work like that, especially if you won by the closest margin in Anchorage's mayoral history. I mean, the guy won by 1500 votes. That's the closest margin of victory ever. I mean, this is a guy who has to govern from the center, but from day one, he's just sprinted to the far right. I mean, I, and it's 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 not like you disagree with Bronson on policy. Yes, I disagree with Bronson on policy, but it's the fact that they are, you know, they are carelessly like breaking the law in some sense or trying to break the law in some sense, and then they lie about it, right? It's like you tried to turn off the public feed. Corey Allen Young's like, no, we never did that. And then you say, well, you did do that because here's the proof. And Corey Allen Young says, well, okay, but we didn't turn it off. So it's like, dude, what the hell? So someone someone called him Baghdad Bob. Yeah, me. <laughs> Was you that know, you? Seriously. I saw that Baghdad Bob. I mean, and now with now with the fluoride thing, it's like, no, we didn't turn it off. Yeah, but, you know, we did turn it off. And Corey it didn't used to work for Dunleavy. Yeah. And, and he goes as deputy press secretary to communications director, right. which is, which is I, I consider a promotion. You give yeah. deputy press secretary for the governor to communications director for the mayor. And um, like a lot of these people, I don't know what his motivations are, but whether it's Corsentino or, or Corey, you know, they get paid well. So, you know, I would, I just can't, and I'm single, I don't have a family, so there's considerations, but like, I would never in a fucking million years ever lie for someone like that. No. I'd say, fuck you, I'm leaving. Right. I quit. Tell the truth. And they're, and they're not even honest about being dishonest, right? Even when they get caught, it's like, eh. You know, what What Domboski say to Picaro, I uh, read in the paper, she said something like, nine little mayors. Well, you know, didn't wasn't the whole wasn't the whole bit that the mayor was going to turn off the fluoride and then turn around and consult with the assembly? Well, he never did that. And in my point with this is, if you sit down and you critically think about the steps needed to to complete these things, right? So if you listen to Colby Hickel, who's in the mayor's office, deputy media manager, yeah. So she said that she's talked to Corsentino a number of times between August in October, but yet nothing was done, right? It was important well, she, enough she, for she, Corsentino to mention it several times, but no preventative action was taken. She, she then claimed that she was, this is the craziest part. She, there was some packs and you, you watched that, right? Yeah. You want to, you want to hit packs in her? Are, are you just asking what Colby said? You, sure. There was a Muni uh, municipal utility the, meeting, utilities right? meeting. Yeah. 
And she, she basically said something about... She, she oh, said that Mark Corsentino had been repeatedly coming to her and the administration to ask that they take fluoride out of Anchorage's water supply and that he had said that it was a worker safety and a cost savings issue. Um, it wasn't really explained why Corsentino, who is you know the top water and wastewater official in Anchorage, would be going to the mayor with this request. Um, it, it implies that he doesn't know that the mayor doesn't have the authority yeah. to do this, which really just implies that Corsentino has no idea how to do well, his and, own and job. Right. Right. And then Hickle really said, weird. Colby Hickle said that she was, this is a cra- this is the even crazier part, because here's the thing, when you start lying, you have to keep lying. That's right. Like, like that's, that, that's why you just tell the truth. Because when you lie, you have to tell another lie, a bigger lie. That's right. And then, and then you got to tell a fucking bigger lie right. to, to catch up. Pretty soon it's, so, a, it, pretty soon it's a lie buffet. I mean, th- th- this is actually, and I've read a ton about this. This is what happened with Watergate. Nixon yeah. probably would have been okay. Yeah. If he would have just come on and said, we fucked up, we went for these, okay, it, you know, it, it's it, a scandal. Remember but, what came out of Watergate? The cover-up is the always worse line. than and the crime. And then they, they, found, they found that last tape right. that, that proved everything. Right. So, so she says she was there in August. Did you hear about this? Yeah. She was there in August, and, and the, the health safety issue came up with the, with the fluoride and the cost savings. She says she forgot to tell Bronson about it until the ride to AWU on October 1st. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it was so pressing, A, she forgot about it, and then B, they address worker safety by turning off the fluoride for, fluoride for five hours. And then in, in, in the Corsentino North Korea captive-style statement, right. he refers to unreportable incidents. What the fuck is an unreportable incident? <laughs> if it happens, it's reportable. <laughs> and you're talking about OSHA. Do you know how tough OSHA is? I mean, anybody who owns a business that has to deal in OSHA regulations, no, you don't fuck with OSHA. What's unreportable is going to work and doing your job. You don't report that. You just do it. <laughs> right. That's unreportable, doing but, your job. But, and then even the employees' union was like, what? Both We've unions, never heard the, anything. The, the, the yeah. plumbers and steam fitters, yeah. 367, and then the, the employee, um, the public employee, they're like, we don't, we never heard. So think about that. It was a serious enough uh, problem where they didn't take any action. No employees had reported any ill effects, and they only turned the system off for five hours. I mean, it's... <laughs> AWU is going to the mayor's office with health and safety issues with yeah. his own workers is just bizarre. I right. mean, it, it's again, like, it just goes to, right. speaks to what you were saying, that it, it's sort of this North Korean why style thing. Would, if you're why general would manager AWW, why aren't you going directly to the mayor? Why are you going to the mayor's assistant? A number of times, right? I mean, Jesus, if your employees, seriously, yeah, if your employees are at risk, you pick up the phone and you say, we got a problem here. And I, and I want to be very clear, and I've written this down, I've said this, I don't give a shit about the fluoride. I mean, I think fluoride's good. There's been a lot of research on it. Uh, my, my dentist, who's a very conservative kind of Trump supporter, big big fan of fluoride, I, mean, I think fluoride's fine. I don't have yeah. a problem with it. There's people who have this weird conspiracy about it blocks your third eye and your consciousness, and they want to, like, keep us docile, the government. But some people have taken it out. Yeah. I don't. If it's in the water, not in the water, you can have fluoride toothpaste, you can, you can do right. fluoride. That's not, for me, the big... Take it out, whatever. Right. It's just having the guy be like, fuck it, <laughs> hit the switch. Well, and, and look, I really did hear that that he said something to the effect of there's a new sheriff in town. I do hear that. <laughs> I, and I, that so, really bothers I, I, me. I, okay? heard, I heard there was a present, there, there was kind of a celebration, a celebratory thing about <laughs> we got the deep state. <laughs> you know. I just, I think it's interesting. Like, I used to substitute teach for ASD. And one thing they told us in our very minimal training was like, don't ask the kids why. If the kid is doing something like insane, like don't ask a kid why he's standing on a couch, like you know, with crayons. Doing, they don't have an answer. They don't know what to say. So asking is pointless. And so we have emailed Corey Allen Young multiple times now to ask, why did you guys deny that this fluoride incident even happened? If it was this benign thing and you were looking out for worker safety, 
why would you deny that it happened? And we and he's never responded it's to always, us. And it just kind of speaks post, to like there's there's no answer. It's all it's post facto kind of logic. That's like I said, it when is. you start lying, you have to keep lying. Right. And then it gets worse when you get emails released that show that you are lying. <laughs> so it's no longer he I said mean, the, she the, said. The, the the for me in this story is kind of I think it's kind of over. It's been it's been yeah. it's it's out there. We know, but like the email from the the AWU staff, staffer that we got yeah. that basically described what happened, and then Corsentino's like response and put it back on and then he, and then at the end of it he's like pretty pretty crazy day you know like, he says that in the email he's like what did he say back in crazy day or pretty pretty wild day well and i love what you said i think you said you know sometime that at some time the truth will come out well clearly i took that to meant that the truth hadn't come out already so regardless of what bronson said it wasn't the truth the, the other one is mccoy and this is this is yeah, where yeah, the, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is where the yeah. Fluoride story came from because we, of, of course, when the police chief who has been there 27 years, who wants to be his whole goal in life, mit, yeah. his whole kind of idea, culmination of his career is being police chief. Six months, not even six months later, he, he quits without explanation. Of course, people are going to look into it. And this is one of the things we saw. Um, but it's really, it's really strange. It is. And, and I think this is that. And again, I, you know, I mentioned before we went on the air, you, you posted that article, uh, you know, six, seven months ago about uh, Bronson eight years ago on Joe Miller's site. Bronson wrote a, a, a that was piece pa- about, that was, that was Paxton. Yeah, Paxton wrote a piece about, about, uh, you know, Hitler and, and Mussolini and, and some of the other guys um, throughout history and how, yeah, you know, they were, they were bad, but you know, they weren't that bad. Right. And what's I, interesting I is, that, is there's well, a, no, no, uh, but, but, you're saying I, I wrote that article about I wrote that about an article that Bronson yeah, Bronson, Bronson wrote, published, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Bronson, Bronson published an article, article in 2013 right, on yeah. JoeMiller.us talking about yeah. he was at some dinner, it sounds like maybe with like a Nazi sympathizer or something. And yes. She's yeah. an old lady from like the, the you know, from the war and yeah. she's German and she thought, well, it wasn't it was actually pretty good, you know, thing which is actually true because after that the, that part is true. After World War One and the Treaty of Versailles, Germany got put into the worst economic situation possible and there was yeah. there was there was poverty there was hunger there was no jobs and, and hitler did come around he did promise those a better germany but through crazy you know crazy yeah. shit well so, i mean his idea was of a better germany was basically just you know uh, an effort of of eliminating those who opposed him and those that weren't of you know his supposed aryan nation standards i mean you know but but in bronson's piece there's really a paragraph people should go back and read and take a look at it because he mentions four things that are necessary for like you know somebody like Hitler to to have complete control, and it's stunning because those four things really touch on some of the things he's already done. I mean, you you read that, and it's not look in no way, shape, or form am I comparing you know Bronson to Hitler. There's no comparison to Hitler, and I hate when people try and do that. But what I'm saying is Bronson's state of mind. I mean, clearly he sat down and wrote this piece and reasoned in his mind that he was writing this piece and then explained it in great detail. And I think if you go back and you read some of those passages, it really gives insight to how he's governing today. Well, and like I said, it goes back to this mindset of you're the mayor or Dunleavy's yeah. the governor and he's yeah. got a military background. So, and you know, I see people like Mike Schauer, for example, in the legislature, whose military background. And, and th- I think a lot of those people, they see the leader as the governor right. or the mayor not as, you know, the, like the, the legislature has leadership and that's separate from the executive branch, right? right. And I, I think there's a lot of folks who have this kind of, there's a really good book I read called Twilight of Democracy by Ann Applebaum. Mm. That's, that was a really great book. And it talks about how um, a, a lot of cultures in, in Europe and America, all over the world, we, ha- we have, people have authoritarian tendencies. They, they like yep. when somebody's mm. in charge and they're doing things and you kind of know what's happening and there's not, 
it's some certainty. And, you know, you see what's happening in Europe and, and, and Hungary and Poland and even in Britain, you know, with Brexit. Yeah. I mean, you and, and here you have these people that like a kind of strong man or strong person approach. And, and it's it's not good. We all know what happens when that when that really happens. But yeah. it's also so things are so screwed up right now. But I think a lot of people are saying, "Look, it wouldn't be that bad if we just had somebody who, you know, kind of running things." But you, you but you have to, but but you have to, but everything in context, Jeff. I mean, you know, you think about that. So you you think here's this Mayor Bronson who got elected, going no more masks and no more mandates, and COVID's over, right? And then more people died under Bronson's watch over the last six months that had died in the previous, you know, fifteen. And the, the, right. The, the interesting thing was when he got when he got when he got to the runoff in April and then one in May. Right. COVID was like very not low. It wasn't even right. a thing really right. at the time. Right. So I, I wonder if that election would have happened three months later. Three months later. Well, how it would have gone. So, but, but, you know, Bronson, <clears throat> again, Bronson got elected, you know, displaying some of those authoritarian, you know, techniques, right? No more masks, no more band-aids. We're going to open business. And then, you know, clearly you see how he's governed. And yeah, people want a leader. People want a leader with vision. People want a leader who respects the law and understands science and shit like math. I mean, you know, budgets and stuff. I mean, you know, so I think, yes, I mean, and I think a perfect example is that Ivan Moore poll, uh, you know, where he showed that you know, 44% of, of, of respondents strongly favored a mass mandate and 60% overall favored a mass mandate. So, you, you know, when you, when you look I'm, at I'm people a, at the I'm, assembly. I'm anti-mass mandate, by the way. I'm triple I I am triple vaxxed too. I mean, and, and I'm tired of wearing masks. But, you know, I try to in certain circumstances just because I don't want to risk it. And to be honest with you, I, you know, have you know, losing faith in my fellow Alaskan, right, with regards to vaccines. So I... I you know, I think the, the the reality is is while we want a leader and a leader with vision and somebody who defends the state, there's a difference between guys like Bronson and Dunleavy because they're clumsy and they're not very smart and they don't realize that laws exist to protect everybody and rules so, protect so, everybody. So, what are your thoughts? So we have an assembly race coming up. Sure, uh, five seats yeah. out of six or, or out, of, out of out of eleven, and then they're going to add a twelfth the next year. My view is right now the the the. Um, Progressives on the assembly have a supermajority. They have the eight votes. They actually have nine um, require, required to override a veto. I actually hope, I think it would be, be better if a couple of those seats went to call it Bronson people or conservatives. Because when if you break up that supermajority and they can't just override everything he does, I think there probably would be an incentive to work a little little closer or better together. What do you think about that? I, I look, I, I mean, my view of the assembly is this, um, if that, if Allard and Kennedy spelled, um, if, if both of those spelled, you know, two assembly members that were more moderate in, in more understanding, I think collaboration would be possible. I don't view, you know, John Weddleton as, uh, or Cameron Perdesvia as, as, as liberal. I, I view very few on those. And I know people say they, they go left, but show me one thing that the assembly has done over the last six years that has been liberal. I mean, just just show me. I mean, I can show you where they passed tax credits, tax abatements, investment in the communities. But well, I, mean, I think you know, some, of the, some of them promoted uh, promoted the alcohol tax, and yeah, it, the, but the, the, there was a shutdowns. Sh- that I think- sure, sure but, but they promoted the alcohol tax, but the voters passed it. Right. I mean, what the assembly did was they put it in front of the voters and guys like you and I, we well, I went mean, and voted. I think you have to, right? With yes, certain- absolutely. So so it wasn't the assembly. The assembly just gave us the opportunity to vote. And, and I don't see anything liberal. And, I, you know, this is just such a lazy political term. Oh, the left assembly, like Paul Jenkins. I mean, you know, Jesus, did you read his column on Sunday? I mean, Jenkins no. is just, you know, he's defending the Bronson administration. And when you read his, his op-ed in Sunday's paper— 
if you have any shred of critical thinking, you read that piece and you think, how could somebody write this? I mean, he yeah, I, I just I think when Felix Rivera was chair, especially that, that a lot of things happened, um, and some of it was superficial, kind of appearance-wise, yeah. how they how they talked or what they said. But so, I mean, so, so maybe it was process, and I agree there was a couple there. But what I'm saying is policy. When you say that you have a left-leaning or a liberal assembly, show me the policies that they passed and adopted and pushed through that have been so liberal. Well, I, I would say the probably the bigger the biggest one, and this is frankly how Bronson he tapped into that Save Anchorage yeah. group, um, the shutdowns. And you know, maybe early on, I agree that was you know, no one knew what was going to happen, but yeah. it, it kept going and it kept going, and yeah. people got very. You had the Kreiner type deal, right. which which I think was dumb, but you know, it, it, it he tapped into this um, this movement that yeah. that people got behind, and that's frankly, I think, why he won. I mean, it I was, agree. It was I very totally close, agree. even yeah. then. It was still you said about one percent or I totally one and a half percent, and and he drew up people that were angry and hadn't voted. But you you, you have. Five seats up. One of them is Kennedy, and that's going to be a, right. her or a conservative person. So you got Perez Verdia, Dunbar, Weddleton, and Meg Zolotel. Yep. So those four. So what would have to happen is two of those four would have to flip to the, you know, somebody right. who's maybe aligned with Bronson, and then you'd have an, a non-veto-proof assembly. And in my view, I think that would actually probably because right now everything they do, he vetoes a lot of right. stuff they do. He vetoes, and then they override it. Right. But, you know, what are they passing? Right. They're, they're, they, they passed a, They recently passed an ordinance that mandated that the that the mayor, you know, provide a, a you know, political appointees for approval within 90 days because, you know, Bronson's idea is, well, I'm just going to let Julie, Judy Elidge hang out until April and maybe we get enough assembly votes to keep Roseanne well, and, Barr and, as and, our head librarian. And now she's the. The vice, li- the yeah. I mean, it's nuts. And and by the way, what the hell is it with these conservatives that campaign against government and then hire their friends? Right? I mean, how many what, goddamn what, uh, years has Roseanne Barr been wandering the halls of Juno, bitching at the legislature to cut the budget, and she's the first person in line to take a hundred twenty thousand dollar job? These are not conservatives. They're not conservatives. They're Roseanne leeches. Barr. Yeah. I mean, look at her language. I mean, you know, like, when I look at Julie Elidge, I mean, in her tweets, like calling COVID a crock of shit, I think that's Roseanne Barr, and she want to well, be our head librarian. <laughs> well, we saw Marianne Pruitt, too, you know, Lance, with the governor, yeah. Don Levy, three years ago. She got the 180000 a year. Yeah. And then Clark Penny, the, that's, your, that's, that's right. your Ada you love so much. Got, you know. these, I know. It's like all these people Ju- that Ju- are Judy actually got 75000 from Dunleavy, we found, through the checkbook. Yeah. For some education gra- yeah. grants. I think one of them was... There was two grands totaling seventy five thousand. And the problem is, it's not just the cronyism, but their cronies are absolutely incompetent. I mean, they're not capable of doing the job. Amy Dombowski in no way should have that position. Are you familiar with the Ron Thompson story we, we yeah, heard about? Know, so this is this is one where he's not he's actually hyper competent because he built that whole permitting. So yeah. Ron Thompson is now the head of the building department. He was there for a long time, decades. Ended up running it. Left in fifteen. Yeah. Started this company, Scope Permitting Engineering where he would help, you know, and he's, he's very good. I mean, he's knows the system. He did very well in private business, but now he's back running the building department, right. not confirmed so far. And his kids run his business. Right. And they're in the building office all the time, yep. which I think you can go, my view is you can go from the public sector to the private sector. People do that all the time. But when you're going like floating right. back and forth and then right. kiddos have the company. It's, I mean, it, it is, it's, it's just the, it's the epitome of, of cronyism in, in the challenge. And like I said, the challenge is, is, is they're not, and we have a Jill, Jill Harder's wing, and you, 
You need you to run for something. Yeah, no. Run for the door after this podcast. What about like a Halcro? Would it be Halcro Landfield or Landfield Halcro? Look, it would. How, how, you're obviously older. You've I'd run, like so. to be. I'd like to be Lieutenant Governor. No responsibility, and I get a paycheck every two weeks. Landfield right? Halcro, twenty two, baby. And I'll just hang out in the governor's office drinking Christmas cocktails. If you, if you <laughs> go on. this actually sounds like a great idea. I mean, uh, you know, I, I love, I mean, I really love public policy. And, and when people listen to my podcast and they hear my voice gets tense, it's because, you know, I've watched this stuff for 25 years. I mean, I spent four years behind the doors and closed caucus with some of these conservative lawmakers. And it just, it's just like this state has a very narrow path as far as their economy, right? I mean, that's that's really, that's the challenge that we've had. And when you have an executive branch and a legislative branch that aren't creating a vision for the state, you do exactly what we've done for 20 years, and that's lived year to year. Yeah. I mean, that's it, right? And so you've got Dunleavy spreading all this cash this year, and in two years, when all that federal money is gone, he's going to come back and go, we don't have any money, I need to cut the budget. So uh, real quick, mm-hmm. tell, me, tell me the story. Yeah. You told this is one of my favorite stories. After you won, didn't you get a call from Bill Allen? Yeah, so this is a great so, story. Yeah, so so um, because he gave you some money, yeah, right? Some so, a fundraiser, and yeah, he came with his people. This and- was like this was this was stunning. Um, so so uh, I was elected in November of 1998, and then two days later, after the election, it was a Thursday. It was Thursday noon. I was in my office, and the phone rang. I picked it up, and it was Bill Allen. And first, I was like, whoa. Um, he's like, Andrew, uh, this is Bill Allen you know, for Vico. And I'm like, yeah, hi, Bill. How's it going? Hey, Bill. Uh, hey, man. What's happening? <laughs> happening. It's happening. Um, and my, he, he said, my, my he man. Said, he said, well, you know, um, you know, I understand your your meeting today because the majority caucus was to meet in a couple hours at, at you know to, to elect a speaker. Well, I understand your meeting today to elect a speaker, and um, you know, I want to tell you that I'd like you to vote for uh, Pete Cott. And I was like, fuck, no. <laughs> I mean, I'd met Peacock once. I'd spent 20 minutes with Peacock. And I mean, I, I was just like, I got this dude. Is, I got to get away from this dude. Um, and I said, you know, no, you know, thanks, Bill. I appreciate that. But he said, well, he said, let me just remind you that we raised money for you. And, and we held a fundraiser for you. And, you know, we'd like you to vote for Peacock. And I said, First off, thank you for raising money for me. Secondly, I'm voting for Brian Porter. I've already made up my mind, and please don't call me again. And hung up on him. I mean, I was just it. I mean, it was just like, it was stunning. And that was the right answer. What happens is, in politics or in in business or whatever, when you say, okay, Bill, sure, then he's got you. No, then then he he keeps And then he keeps calling you. And then you're dependent on him, right? So from the first day, you have to, I mean, from, from the first day, you have to establish your independent. Four years in the legislature, I think I had dinner or lunch with one lobbyist because I just simply didn't see that sucks. The lobbyists, those are the most fun people. I I know, but those are the people that are, I'll meet with them and talk to them, but I don't have any time to meet with them outside of work. I mean, if they want to talk to me and and you're right, they are valuable. Lobbyists are very valuable. Um, you you know, they educate you on issues and they're very valuable. They're just fun. You know, they go out, they have stories, they know what's going on. They have insights and, and they're just generally most of them pretty fun well, people here, here's a perfect example so um in 2002 uh, lisa murkowski sponsored the alcohol tax the increase in the alcohol tax and i was a co-sponsor and in it in it really started to gain ground in the house and ashley reed was one of the lobbyists for i think saint Pauli. he brought up one of the saint Pauli girls you remember the St. Pauli girls? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He brought up one of the St. Pauli girls no from shit. San Francisco and had her walking around the Capitol actually meeting with lawmakers. I love that. I and love I that. Like, God, on that, an alcohol that's, tax. That's classic Ashley. It's like, it's like, oh, you know, but anyways, hey, you know, whatever you have to do. 
but yeah, it's, it's um, so. So what's your plan? I gotta, I gotta head out soon. I gotta. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going. I'll just tell people I'm going it's to Hawaii tonight. I had a companion fair with a friend. I'm going real quick one night, going back. I'm getting that 75k. Yeah, you are. And I gotta say, Alaska Airlines, big fan. I, I'm only close to it because they carried over the miles from 2020. Yeah. In your, in your, in your account. Yeah. So I'm very close. I'm going to go and get the 75k. When you get 75k, for the folks listening in Alaska Airlines. They deposit fifty thousand more miles in your account. The world becomes your oyster. So then you, and then when you fly to these places, you get if you're MVP gold, you get double mile accrual. So I'm going to get when I hit seventy five k, I'm going to get eighty five thousand miles from the, from the from the flying, you know, and then the fifty thousand. So it's excellent. I got I got to head over to my birthday is tomorrow. Be, ah, happy birthday! I'll, I'll excellent. At, I'll be at the pool. Don't worry about it. Right on. I get that speedo. All right. You, you want to see some get, pictures on Facebook? Get you one too. Anticipating. Yeah. But, but what do you think? You know, twenty twenty two. We talked about yeah. the election. I mean, what's your plan? You're going to be doing the podcast still, and you're going to be doing the video. Podcast, and hopefully, you know, we're going to switch to video, and we feel it'll really, you know, be a cool tool during the next twelve months of campaigning election. That's why we want to roll something out that you know is 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 attractive. Um, I think it's going to be a crazy year. I think there's going to be a lot of outside money. Uh, that's going to filter in, and I think hopefully some know, of it gets it gets over here. There's going to be a lot of work for guys like you and I. You know, there's going to be a lot of work for guys like you and I, and, and, and a lot of podcast content. Tell me about now. You have this. Um, yes. Cup, so this, is it, is that a camera there? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that, that is a camera. Yeah, we have we have four. It's Scott Jensen. We got to give big shout out to Scott Jensen yes. from Jensen Hall from just yes. doing an amazing job here. And, Absolutely. Um, drive. We've taken everything people hate about buying a used car, and we've fixed it. Drive.car. There you go. Thank you, Andrew. We, we actually, I live right by there. I live down the street yeah. from that building. When you first put, posted the picture and said, big, something's big, big happening, I thought it was going to be a pot shop because <laughs> you're involved in the pot business, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we have, uh, we already have three locations. And uh, of course, one of our locations, our new one is right next to you here, Great Northern Cannabis. That's the, that's the, I, it's I the could, old uh, Asian restaurant. Uh, Japanese uh, noodles, I think, right? Was it? I think it was. Yeah. I quit doing the marijuana many, many, many years ago. I used to be, you know, I, I, but you know, a lot of people do the edibles. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't. I got one time. I got. I was at a friend at my house years. This is like, oh five, and they had cooked some brownies, and I got home, and they had asked me if I wanted some, and love brownies, you know. Yeah. Didn't tell me they were pot brownies, <laughs> and I ate. I ate several, and I was starting to feel really like confused, and I basically got drugged. And it was a horrible experience, you know, because you're yeah. trying to figure. And then eventually totally. they were like, "Hey, they're pop brownies," and I was like, "Fuck you guys! <laughs> you can't do that. You can't right. drug somebody." Absolutely. But it's um, it's kind of yeah. it's wild how five, six, year, ten years ago, even it was like you couldn't even have the shit. Right. right now, it's just everywhere. And it's, I mean, it's big business. The market's going through some, you know, contractions now, like every new industry does. But um, you know, it's a it's an industry that's going to continue to grow because I think you know, given the population and the darkness and. You know, I mean, you have a lot of blue collar workers who, you know, get injured on the job and have aches and pains. And, you know, I think, you know, do, to do, some do degree, you, cannabis is, cannabis is, you know, a good, um, a good outlet. You enjoy a joint or an edible? Um, or? I do edibles. And, do you really? Um, yeah, I do edibles. I love our, our great Northern cannabis has the best edibles in town. And, um, uh, you get like a bu- high do, or uh, do you get a buzz? No, or? it's just, it, you know, it just, it, it's just, it's relaxing, right? I mean, it's like a glass of wine. That's what people, you know, look, here's the deal. 
you see me walking out of Brown Jug at noon with a bottle of champagne, man, I'm a rock star. I'm a hero. I'm going to celebrate something, right? You see me walk out of a pot shop at noon, I'm a stoner, right? <laughs> I mean, they're both legal, right? But um, no, I, I just, I, I think it's really, it's a growing industry. And, you know, I think you'll start to see, and the challenge is more and more states are legalizing pot and their neighbors are going, wow, we're not only well, missing Don, out on money, but our people are going over there and buying it. And Don Young just sent a letter a couple yeah. days ago, again, um, trying to deschedule, de- because he, he's part of this cannabis caucus yes. thing with, he was doing stuff with Tulsi Gabbard before, a Democrat from Hawaii. Yep. He's really been on the front of this yep. issue because the banking, you can't, you can't do yep. the banking. And I love that. And that's a big issue because, you know, it's all cash in our business and that creates problems. I mean, we just started taking debit cards, uh, but it's a cash business and that creates all kinds of problems, not just I've heard stories of people who are getting on the airplane from other, other <clears throat> um, cities around Alaska. They're flying with 50 or 80 grand in a yep. bag to go pay their, pay their taxes. Yep. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of these people have, you know, guards, guards, uh, you know, sitting next to them on the plane. I mean, you just, you never notice them, but you have to move bags of cash around or product around and you got to have security. So, so you think it's going to be, I, mean, I think we all know it's going to be a busy 2022. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, and yeah. folks want to listen to your podcast. It's on the daily news, but you, you can also listen. Is it on any of the on, pl- Yeah, all the platforms. Okay. Yeah. You can subscribe and, and Van and I are going to have a, um, I'm hoping to drop a special show not sure, but hoping to drop a special show this week on your initial reporting, adding to your initial reporting about APD. So I'm going to see about that. But there's you know, a, there's a lot more with APD yeah. we're, we're still working on. And, yeah. just... and and I think the whole thing is, you know, Ken McCoy is such an amazing guy. Man, I love Ken. He, he was one of the first ones I met with at ACDA about some of the crime problems downtown. And he's just a solid guy. And he loved, you could just tell by his social media presence, he loved being police chief. I mean, you know, it's something he spent 26 years and that's what we fail to realize is people like, you know, Ken McCoy and, and some of the others that have been unceremoniously kind of drummed out. You know, these are folks that have given their lives to do this job, right? Public service. And then you get somebody like Bronson that comes in that has no idea. And well, know, like I said before, there's, there's, their job. there's, there's a reason he, there's, there's not no reason he left. And no, yeah, I and agree. To, to, for them to yeah. think that we're, people aren't going to look into that is, right. Is nuts. I mean, there would have been a better. I just don't think he was willing to, to 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 say whatever they wanted him to say. Or I agree. You know, that's why nothing was said. I agree. But but at the same time, he should have said something. Right. And I, and I think it's it's also a perception. I think guys like Bronson, like you said, military background. You know, we'll just lock them up, or you know, and it's like that's not how it works, right? I mean, that's not how society works. But you know, these guys want the clean and simple answer. I mean, that's just like Bronson. Is it yes or no? Is it fluoride on or fluoride off? There's no. In between with these guys, there's no critical thinking, right? It's like Amy Domboski. I'm angry. I'm going to cut off the public feed. It's like, who the hell would do that? When In the history of Anchorage politics, when has that ever happened? Well, and and this is kind of, this is what's been brought up by, I mean, I think Forrest Dumber has brought this up before, but, you know, there's kind of like legislatures really based on rules. Yeah. And there's, there's rules in place on how to do things. But the assembly is a lot more based on norms. Right. And But it, not, not even the assembly. It could be any government or any even the federal government if people stop following like things that we've all just kind of accepted as how it is as as normal parts of government i mean the the we have a government we have a constitution we have rules 
But if somebody just starts ignoring them and doing other things and nobody stops them, there's nothing to stop that. Right. And, and what, that, that's what people don't and, understand. And what people don't, like Bronson don't realize in Dunleavy is that, you know, there will be others in that office, right? People that they might not disagree with. But once the broken norms, like Bronson and Dunleavy has done, once you ignore sexual harassment or once you take unilateral actions contrary to, to, to city code, you've broken that norm, right? Suddenly, it's okay. It's not okay, but it's okay, right? And that's what happens with the Bronson administration. For the last six months, we've gone, okay, shit can't get any crazier. And then the next week comes, and it's like, oh, my God. And then you're like, okay. It's like when I was at ACDA, right? The first week, my first security briefing, you know, we're talking about people having sex in the bathrooms and OD and stabbing and shootings in the transit center. I was like, Jesus Christ, well, can't get better than that. We can't get worse than this. And then the next week I'd be sitting around the table going, what? I mean, you just think, are humans capable of this behavior? But that translates into politics is when people break barriers, politicians break norms, accepted norms, that's dangerous. Well, And like I said, our, our, our constitution, federal or state, it's written in a way where there's just like, there, there, there can't be a rule for everything. There can't be right. a rule saying you can't do this because people just never conceived of crazy, th- crazy things happening. But then if you, if you ignore the rules, I mean, there's the courts, right? But so, sometimes you, you just, you just, when things happen right, um, and nobody stops it, they just, there's nothing preventing that from actually happening. That's right. And, and it's worse. It's, it's compounded when, when you have an administration like the Bronson administration who lies so easily where lying is like their first language. I mean, every time I get a press release from Corey Allen Young, I'm like, okay, here's some more lies. I mean, they have zero credibility. Whenever yeah, the mayor stands up and says anything, it's like, I just simply don't believe the guy. Well, I got I to gotta pop out of here. All right, I you want to thank you for coming, you. coming by. Hey, Thanks absolutely. for these drinks. What are these? Cheers, what's, man. What's Christmas cocktail. Okay, so you got some uh, vodka, Contro, uh, maple syrup, lemon juice, cranberry juice. It's amazing. Yeah, it's good. So yeah, um, called Christmas cocktail. Yeah, the podcast. And podcast, everything else. Yeah, appreciate and, it, too. We should we do, another, do, more often. do another one of these. Come by the studio. Absolutely and, love it. And for the folks, um, again, I want to thank Andrew Halker for coming in. And yeah. have a, a great Thanks. Christmas and New Year. Yeah. And uh, we'll cheers. do this again. And Cheers, everybody. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, folks. And for the folks watching... Um, like I said, in the beginning of the, of the live stream, we have this great studio here we're, we're using for our own stuff, but we're also renting it out to businesses, organizations, campaigns for, for use of video or, or audio, and you can do it yourself or we can do it for you. Uh, get, get, you know, we're going to be doing more on that. We're going to have a website up pretty soon, but this is available and we're going to be doing a lot more live streams and interviews. Um, and I'll be going to Juno in January to cover the legislature again. So if you're watching, if you like the live stream, if you like our coverage, please consider making a one-time monthly recurring donation to um, to Landmine so we can keep this thing going. It's alaskalandmine.com backslash donate. Really appreciate your, your donations and your support. And if you're if you're a business or a campaign and you want to buy an ad, we have we have um, ad space available, and I can show you the analytics. We have tons of tons of hits on the website, and uh, it's a great spot for, for advertising. So get a hold of me if you want to advertise or donate. We appreciate that, alaskalandmine.com backslash donate. And um, stay tuned for more updates from the Landmine, and we'll be in Juneau here in about a month. So... Thanks again. And thanks, Andrew Halcrow, for coming over. Thank you. Appreciate it.